Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. All right, more uh, coaching updates for the Cardinals. Justine Anderson tweeting out that uh, Lions DC Aaron Glenn is expected to get another look for the head coaching job here in Arizona. So we'll see what that uh, ultimately leads to. Lorenzo Alexander joining us in studio for the Lowdown Zoe. What's going on, man? I'm good. Blessed. Doing well. Um, you know, just ripping and running. Had to rush over here. My uh, son and wives uh, are... I said that backwards. My wife and sons <laughs> um, are actually headed out to uh, Vegas um, to go see the Skills Challenge tonight and stuff like that. Oh, kind of nice. hang out. We got a couple, obviously, bills that are in the game, and so and another friend flew in from Virginia, so they're going to have a good time out there. And so I had to, you know, pick up kids and make sure they got off, and then rushed over here real quick. We were uh, well. First of all, we appreciate you getting here after all that. We were uh, Howard and I were just talking about this. Howard Balzer's in for Wolf uh, during the break, trying to figure out how this Pro Bowl games format is going to look because I mean it's one of my favorite parts of All-Star weekend in hockey and uh, in basketball is like the three-point shootout of the hardest right. shot of the fastest skater but right now I'm still trying to figure out the schedule because it feels like it's just going all week starting tonight but uh, we'll see it's I I don't think I have to tell you. I think it just seems like a much better setup than playing a four-quarter game that nobody really seems to want to play and right. at least tackle in. Right, yeah, especially when you think that, you know how the mindset has evolved from a player perspective as far as what the All-Star or the Pro Bowl meant to them and, and how hard you wanted to go in that game. Um, you know, with a few exceptions, uh, you know, the year I played, you know, we had guys like Thomas Davis, Ron Shazier. That might have been the last year. When it, before it kind of really got away from being physical and yeah. it was just kind of linebacker led, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, it just makes more sense. I mean, if you're not going to have a guy, football, you can't play football halfway. No. Right. Um, it's not, it's not built like that. Fundamentally, it's not like that at all. Um, um, schematically, it's not. So for guys to kind of go out there and kind of touch guys, it really messes up with the brain. Like, man, this, I thought this was a football game. So I think just rebranding it, right? More skills challenge or flag atmosphere where you still get some guys being athletic and flying around, but now it changes the viewer's perception or, or expectation of the game, which I think you get a little bit more enjoyment out of, especially when you're thinking about, um, uh, kids, you know, yeah. eighth, uh, eight year olds to 18 year olds will really enjoy that, that type of uh, dynamic. I, the NFL sent out a press release about with all the different things they're doing, and they use the word epic several times. Right. Like, like this, it's an epic made for TV event. And of course, one of the big things tonight is epic Pro Bowl dodgeball. Yeah. Epic. Epic, it's epic, man! They're 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 putting a lot of expectations on this, low. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. You know what? You know what? What I found is competitive guys are competitive in everything. And yeah. So, um, you kind of become a kid almost like this, and so you're gonna be trying to you know tag cats with that ball. So it's it's gonna be fun, and and, and from that regard, when you kind of get out there, I, I I never participated on this level, but I always kind of go back when we had um, 
we had Bills games when I was in Buffalo, and we would always compete in the off season. That's how they try to get it up, you know, take that training to another level. We do tug of war, we would do dodgeball, we would do amazing races, and you have a whole bunch of grown men out there, you know, essentially being tricked by the training staff to do a workout because you're so competitive. Yeah. And so I see the same thing happening now. You know, obviously guys are gonna have fun when they're in Vegas, but when you kind of step into a competitive environment, you want to have fun and ball out. You could probably even see it if you've seen that little NFL PA kind of commercial. I forget the name of the game, but you kind of try to get the hook onto it and, and move the things. Yeah. Guys are upset when they lose, right? <laughs> it's panic and pressure. So, uh, you know, just take it for what it is. Guys kind of showing off their, their, their abilities and, and have fun with it in that regard. Uh, I did not expect when we had you in here last week that when you came in this week, we still wouldn't have a head coach for the Cardinals. I was thinking at least yeah. over the weekend or early uh, this week we would have him. We don't. Sean Payton's gone. I don't think that's a huge surprise, but we had Max Starks in here yesterday, and he added a, a um, he added one, maybe two names to this list. But th- these are the guys that they have talked to that are left. So Mike Kafka, Lou Anarumo, Brian Callahan. I think they're talking to today. Brian Flores, Ajiro Evero, Aaron Glenn, Vance Joseph. Um, Max suggested maybe Jim Caldwell. Uh, Shane Steichen's been uh, suggested. Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnolo was suggested by a listener. I mean, <laughs> no stone left unturned. <laughs> You know, right, literally, right? literally right? Yeah, cast a wide net. So they're living up to what they told you was going to do. I mean, I know everybody wants them to have a head coach and and kind of rush through the process. Um, but, I, I mean, I think there's vi- um, value in some of those names. Obviously, everybody wanted Sean Payton because of what he meant from a schematic standpoint and, and being a, a QB whisperer and maybe having the, the personality and the resume to demand respect from uh, Kyler. Um, but I think that there's other guys that you probably mentioned in there from talking for some guys that have been on those staffs, played for those gentlemen, that will have the ability to uh, impact this organization, right? Obviously, it's always quarterback-driven, but there's so much else that goes into having a well um, um, or a well-operating organization. Yeah. Um, and so quarterback is normally the focal point, but it's not the only point. And if you can create a culture and support around that, then guys have to buy in. And if you don't buy in, especially with a new GM, they not or a new head coach, you're not necessarily attached to you as much, right? There's some you know contract stuff that you got to kind of figure out, but they're more willing to bite the bullet, which kind of extends them in some ways. Like we got to find another guy or whatever, and that's not just quarterback; that's whatever position, top wide receivers, top D linemen, whoever you may be. Um, but you got to find the best guy that's, that's going to be able to do that holistic and not just look at developing one player, but developing the team. I'm curious what you think about this, because I've always thought that teams should cast an even, quote, wider net than just looking at the hot coordinators and just, okay, those are the guys we're going to be interviewing and thinking that those are the only guys when we have an Andy Reid who was never a coordinator. You have John Harbaugh who was never a coordinator. Dan Campbell, who's probably the epitome of the, quote, kind of leadership mentality right. personality of a head coach who is never a coordinator yep. and you har- I've always thought that special teams coaches right. should be at least interviewed to get their thoughts on things so they deal with everybody yeah they they, they they coach I mean the Cardinals averaged in games this year between 31 and 33 players playing on special teams in, yeah. any, in any game so they're dealing with so many players and then have to mix and match when when a starter when a special teams guy gets 
called up to be a starter because of injuries. Now you got to find someone else right. to take his spot. I think more of those guys should be interviewed, and they very, right. very rarely are. Yeah, I, because I think some of those names are. I think those are outlier guys. Totally, just, like Sean, like Sean McVay. I, I don't think he needed to be a coordinator before he became a head coach. He could have went from he was a tight ends coach in Washington with head coach written all over him, right? Because he grew up in the business, really understood it, and had like these uber um, off the spectrum like leadership managerial skills. And a lot of times, it's not necessarily like guys in these position roles, linebacker, uh, quarterback, uh, whatever, offensive lineman, don't have the skill set. But when you add a whole organization to it and you grow it and you kind of take a jump from dealing with maybe five to ten guys to now you got to deal with 53, practice squad, you got to deal with the front office, got to deal with ownership, you got to deal with fans, you got to deal with media, right? That's a big jump that most people become overwhelmed with and they, they're unable to manage it well. And you even see some coordinators say, dang, I got to stop calling plays, yeah. right? So it's just a big shift. And I think that's why you tend to kind of take those small baby steps, position coach, right, uh, coordinator, um, maybe your uh, uh, assistant head coach for a little bit, you know, within the, in the scheme of whatever your roles are. So you can kind of get an idea of what that, that role entails. And then you become a head coach. Um, but I, I but I agree. If there's a diamond in the rough somewhere, um, you know. But then you, you you take the hits from why are you hiring this guy with no uh, coordinator experience. You know, he's a great linebackers coach, right? But can he manage a whole team? And some guys are unable to make that jump, even though they may be great in that in that linebacker room. Uh, starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620 to 620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, that's SUPER to 620, 620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right, Tom Brady called it a career yesterday. Is he the undisputed GOAT? Howard Ball is going to weigh in and Howard Ball. Howard, I feel like you're going to anger some people here. And I'm, I'm looking forward That's okay. to it. That's uh, okay. Zoe's going to weigh in as well. The lowdown continues next. It's Wolf and Luke. Howard Balls are in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. All right, this is going to get interesting. <laughs> so we're going to have a couple different perspectives here. We got Lorenzo Alexander here for the Lowdown. We got Howard Balzer here in for Wolf. Um, I'm just going to tell you what. I'm just going to start with where I have always been on Brady. And then, Howard, you can take us in whatever direction you want here. And then <laughs> Zoe has played against him, so he's going to take us maybe in a different direction. I respect the guy. He's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. I'm, I was kind of like watching Mahomes. I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of that. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of watching Mahomes. There was a certain point where I was like, okay, I get it, Brady. You're great. Like, <laughs> I don't right. see the Patriots win the Super Bowl every year. But um, let's start with you, Zoe, because we were talking during the break. 
And you said you probably faced him, what, seven, eight times? Yeah, throughout my career, yes. It feels like every current or former NFL player that I talk to, they all know, like, at least a range of how many times they face Brady. Like, that's the one that stands out. Even, you know, even players, we're rookies we were talking to this year, my Jay Sanders started the year, is like, I can't wait till we play Brady and right. on Christmas. Um, and that's his greatness right there. Yeah. Right. It really, because, you know, if you put him on a, on a, a, a talent, um, kind of spectrum right he's he doesn't jump off the charts right but um obviously his consistency and his ability to be cool under under pressure and make you feel pressured when you play him and then he ends up making the play that you you succumb to the pressure to and fail to do that as a as a defense i think it's his greatest attribute and and what has made him great for so long um because i used to tell guys like why y'all so worried about Brady like I don't I don't have to rush Brady I got to get to Brady right but I'm not like playing him right you're not lining up against him and so if you line up and like dominate your guy that's in front of you that's not Brady-esque right then Brady becomes average and you we see that in the games that he's lost when the New York Giants did it a couple of times they beat their one-on-one matchups and he became normal and they won those games right Philadelphia Eagles did it as well and you'll see teams do it throughout the season but a lot of guys to your point like ooh I'm playing time that's a coat playing time <laughs> see after the game ooh, they go uh, yeah I'm like, going hey, playing yeah. I'm playing time ooh I'm playing time which I got the most respect for Tom, but I, I, you know, I always don't. We're not. I'm not going to fear him. He's yeah. good. He's great. I mean, I, I mean, he watches a ton of film, and I, I told this story, man. Just walking up to the line, him calling out, "What blitz? You? What, who's blitzing?" Well, and we haven't even done that. Oh, you're blitzing. He's looking at somebody else who's giving you you away. Um, <laughs> and one time, my boy got a sack uh, because he wouldn't count on him coming. And he got up and, and asked my boy, like, man, what are you doing? You're supposed to drop. And that's how he got a sack because he did the told he busted and it messed Tom all up because Tom knew what coverage you should be in, yeah. slit the line a certain way. And, and my friend got a, a free sack because he, you know, did something he wasn't supposed to. So he is great in his own right as far as the cerebral part of the game. Um, um, the cool under pressure and then that mystique that he was able to build up over the years to where people went into the game enamored by him and his presence which took their focus off of dominating the guy in front of them. Alright Howard, go ahead. The, 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 there's one thing that drives me always nuts is when people talk about quarterbacks, no matter who it is, and they say he won or he lost. Right. As if it's that guy's alone. And because football's the ultimate team game. And so I... I wrote a story, and it's gotten some uh, uh, understandable reaction. (laughs) But here's what I I did not say that Tom Brady isn't great. Right. And isn't one of the greatest of all times. But it's like some have this thing in their mind that, well, there's not even a debate that whether he's the greatest of all time. He is, and there's no debate about it and and I say that's based on that a that mystique but b a certain amount of longevity right. but c the fact that his teams won right. so much more than any other many other team well does that make one guy the greatest because he, now granted he contributed tremendously to all those teams right. but all I'm saying is and you you pointed it out with the talent aspect and I I listed a whole bunch of quarterbacks yeah. is he if you were starting a team today right and you just knew what these guys were, and you don't have any other players. Would you pick Tom Brady for your team, or would you pick 
Dan Marino or John Elway or Joe Montana or Terry Brad Terry Bradshaw. You can name a lot of great quarterbacks. Right. So that's all I'm saying. But people took it all wrong and said, "Oh no, he, he's the only reason they won." Right? <laughs> yeah, which is not true. At, from far, right. I mean, right. and I mean, even, even when they beat Atlanta, it wasn't him. No. I mean, they got back into that from a defensive play Bingo. that allowed them to kind of get that. I mean, even when we think about Malcolm Butler, we just talking about that. The last mm-hmm. Super Bowl was here. Seattle hands that ball off. It's it's to Marshawn. It's a different story. Malcolm isn't the hero, but people think Tom. But I think this. I don't think Tom believes that, right? Because even with that last Super Bowl, um, I think he might have been the Super Bowl MVP. The one I'm talking about was Malcolm Butler. He gave he let Malcolm Butler go, even though he had been a lot of times. He realized who was the real hero right. in, in that situation. But I, I I would agree with you. I think it's a little bit more debatable in football because it is the ultimate team sport. And I mean, if you take Brady off those teams. They don't win those championships, but those teams are probably still competitive in some way with a, a, a lesser guy in some some regard. But you can say that about every quarterback that right. has ever won a Super Bowl. They've had a great supporting cast. I mean, you named all those teams. They, their defenses and some of those those uh, auxiliary offensive players were some of them were Hall of Famers, right? That that we that we can remember. When I think about like Joe Montana, the 49ers, and in that era of the football, right? Late 80s, early 90s, going to Steve Young, going, you know that transition. All those guys from Jerry to JT to Ricky Waters to, uh, you know, uh, uh, William Floyd, that was a fullback for him. Um, you know, uh, uh, Michael Irvin. It's a, just a ton of guys on that, that team that were really good. Um, and so I, I think to your point, you know, if you just take everything away and just kind of put them on the board, it would be a little bit more um, um, uh, even. And, and also the rules have changed as well. So yeah. we say longevity with Tom. I don't know if he would have, well, I'll say, I know he wouldn't have played quarterback for 23 years if he had the same rules that Troy Aikman had to play under, right? Just go back to the mid-90s, right? No, It's, no, it's just no way, because how you could hit quarterbacks was just way different, and you could dog guys, and so I just know that he probably wouldn't have, so his numbers could be skewed a little bit because of the rules that he's playing in, but he's still obviously great for this. He's the greatest quarterback of my era. And, um, and one of your points about if you put a different quarterback in the Patriots all those years, if yeah. you put one of those great ones in yeah, there, if you put Mahomes they, on the yeah, Patriots, they probably would have won a yeah. lot. But here's the flip side of it: if Brady had been with a different situation with another team, mm-hmm. and not have Belichick, and not have those defenses, and even not have the great special teams play, and the whole pick quote Patriots way, which yeah. drives people crazy, to develop. But if he was on a different team, would he have had the same career? Uh, yeah, I, I think he can't. Not. It, yeah, it would be different. Yeah, totally. yeah. Because I mean, that's that development, that time to develop when he. Won wasn't the man to become who he was uh if you're in a in an organization that's chaotic or you have a guy in front of you um that isn't as helpful or whatever it may be or a coach that believes in you and sees you for who you who you can be i mean that that changes a lot um um and i've seen it i've seen guys be in one system and struggle go somewhere else and thrive um, and so that does matter a lot. So that whole support system, right, has allowed, and that's for any quarterback. When anywhere you end up in a situation, that situation is probably most conducive to 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 help you develop, become who you are. Because I, I can say the same thing about Pat Mahomes. Yeah. So right. So if he's not with Andy Reid, um, and um, what's the quarterback that was there with Alex, Alex Smith, Smith, right? Yeah. Doesn't learn from Alex Smith, who's a consummate pro. Is he where he is? He has a skill set, but is he 
is he is who he is as, as far as a quarterback and playing the position at such a high level if he was here, right, with Wilkes his first year, and then you switch over to another coach, and then the next year, like the Carolina Panthers, you know, when you have a new head coach, a new scheme, Washington, I think our, our quarterback one year had four offensive coordinators in four years. So that makes a big difference in somebody's development and whether or not they can ever reach their their uh, their peak of, or their capacity as far as playing the, the position. Well, especially with Brady, I mean, just how, how perilous his path was being drafted so late, you know, it, if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt, right, he's not in that. If he's, he's not on, in the game. He's drafted to a dysfunctional team where the starting quarterback doesn't get hurt. I mean, Brady might not even play for another three. There's no guarantees right. that, that he was ever going to, you know, be in line to play. Um, we had Jay Feely on yesterday. He was talking about how he talked to Brady at one point. And it was just basically what you were saying, Zoe, where there was a a moment in Brady's career where he's like, I already know. I've seen everything. I know what everybody's going to throw at me. Mm-hmm. That's why I can keep playing because it's just a matter of, you know, if my body will allow me to keep doing it, and, and it obviously has. To me, the real question is what does somebody have to do to get into that conversation? You know, does, does Mahomes have to win three more Super Bowls before you can even have the conversation? Because where I'm with you, Howard, is I don't think it's fair to just say, well, Brady has seven Super Bowls and this guy has five, so Brady's automatically better. But when he has seven and everybody else has one, it's right. really hard to have the conversation. But, but it also shows how just sometimes I think that I had someone, te- I was in Twitter going back and forth the other day and saying, why are you so gung-ho of Sean Payton? His team's only won one Super Bowl. As if it's easy. Only one. Yeah, I was in the league 15 and never, never even got <laughs> yeah. close to being the one. I mean, I mean so it's hard. It's hard. I mean, Peyton Manning is with the Colts all those years right. and won one. And then when he, when, when he was on the winning team in the second, he wasn't very good. Right. But the Broncos' defense was just unbelievable. And so there, there's... That's the thing about football. There's so many factors that go into right. a game and then so many plays here and there that can change the outcome. Unless that guy tweeting you was Tom Brady, it's really hard to just be like, oh, he's only got one Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back is Super Bowl 57, one of the best Super Bowl quarterback matchups of all time. We'll get into that next with Lorenzo Alexander. The lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke. Howard Balzer in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work, he's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, Lorenzo Alexander is here for the lowdown, as he is each and every Thursday during football season. Howard Balzer is here in for Wolf uh, today as well. And gentlemen, just looking at some of the um, the quarterback matchups in the Super Bowl, and, and you know, I'm just kind of looking since I don't know 2000, let's say, because you start to go way back, and that's just a Hall of Famer versus a Hall of Famer every year. Um, the one two years ago, and this really kind of bleeds into the conversation we were just having, where it was Brady over Mahomes. I mean, I was hoping Mahomes would win that one because how different is the conversation now if Brady has six, Mahomes has two, but he's going for his third here in a week and a half and he's got his whole career in front of him. Then it's like, okay, maybe you have a guy that could chase Brady. And and now it's obviously a lot different when it's seven to one. Uh, But that one, okay, Brady versus Mahomes is going to be one of your best quarterback matchups of all time. But other than that, man, like there's been good ones. But Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts is... um, 
it's it's going to be up there. And we, I guess the the unknown is we don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be longevity wise. But I tell you, though, what we saw from him this season was an eye opener for anybody that didn't believe coming into this season. Yeah, and it's and it just shows you when you add weapons around a guy what what he's able to do. You know, you add AJ Brown into the, to the mix, um, right? And so, and then you also have um, Smith on the outside as well. And, and Miles Sanders, and so that really that three-headed monster accompanied um, Jalen, and they were able to play great football because it, then it becomes a matchup game. You know, who do you double? Who do you take away? Uh, do you play too deep? Then Miles is going to run the ball. Obviously, then with Jalen with his with his uh, legs um, and his ability, and so and then if you include in his um, Hertz's ability to, to grow and 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 mature as a quarterback, you know, hearing things come out of there, how. How a student of the game he is, how intentional he is, right, about trying to develop himself as a quarterback and his skill set, um, it, it only makes sense that we see what we're seeing right now. It's kind of similar to what, what Josh Allen did when they got Diggs, right? You added another dynamic player into that mix, and then he just kind of exploded uh, because now you have a guy that can win one-on-one matchups, guys you can throw down the field, and then again, defense have to account for one more um, threat um, on the field. And so it's been, it's been fun to watch and see what he does. But that offensive line is that helps, huh? Yeah, is a monster. I mean, just watching. And you know, I thought the Niners were going to win, and a lot of us biased because I grew up a Niners fan and, and knew a lot of guys. Obviously, from last week when I was talking with you guys. Um, but the first play, um, and Dan Olowski, he, he kind of highlighted it on ESPN, and it happened a couple of times in the game. Just knocking the defensive tackles off the line of scrimmage, like five to seven yards. <laughs> the, the ideal, like when you're getting dominated, is maybe like two yards. Like you just kind of get knocked back. But five, seven, and finishing guys down the field like that, I mean, it's no way they had a chance. And so if they're able to dominate the line of scrimmage the similar way that they did last week when they were playing the San Francisco 49ers with the Eagles offensive line, I, the Chiefs going to have a, a, a long day because I thought Chiefs yeah. defense isn't San Francisco's <laughs> defense either. No, it's not. It's not, and they don't have the linebacker play. I will say this though: if I'm gonna give a, you know a, a word to the wise, because they don't run quarterback, and they always talk about Jalen Wright. It's not like he's running power. He's the extra guy. Normally, he's getting to the outside. Rarely do you see him run up the middle. The linebackers, you have to play downhill and take those double teams off of your guys and, and allow the edges to worry about Jalen, but come down. Because if you don't do that and you got them big boys riding on your tackles and knocking them off the five, seven yards, guaranteed loss. Yeah. So play downhill this week. The offensive lines, I think, obviously are keys. And actually, with the 49ers in that game, they ran a lot of plays in that – or the, the the Eagles, rather, ran a lot of plays. They only averaged 3.8 yards per play. They really, in terms of the numbers, didn't have great offense in that game. But that line is so good. Now, how healthy is Landon Dickerson going to be because he got injured? in the game. Lane Johnson's playing injured, but that still is a tremendous line. And the Chiefs line is pretty darn good to also. And so when you look at the matchups going against both those other teams' defensive mm-hmm. lines, yeah, that, that's where games are normally decided. And both the Chiefs and the Eagles' offensive lines, aside from the guys who are going to be playing hurt, they've hardly missed games right? all season. Right, I the mean, continuity matters. The, con- uh, the continuity. <laughs> I've compared it to the Cardinals, which we know there was none right. on the line yeah. this year. The Eagles... And the Chiefs have only had three different starts uh, on the offensive line that's the entire year. They've played six different guys, each right. team. It's almost, it's almost identical. But both fronts are pretty good. 
but both both of these fronts are are very good. So yeah, right. that's probably going to be it. And then how how healthy is Patrick Mahomes and right. his receivers? That could be a big thing because that game you were mentioning, Luke, the game a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Mahomes was running for his life the whole game because the Chiefs didn't have both their starting tackles. Right, right, right. And the Buccaneers with that pass rush with Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett, man, they were just all over him all game. And I wonder, and I and I know the Chiefs' off the line is better, but I wonder what that's going to look like this week with the off with the defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles because they have, unlike the Chiefs, they're way deeper. I mean, it's like three or four guys that can get after you. Um, we saw what, what Reddick did last week, and even on on that play, they were trying to trying to uh, get him with his eyes, but they're taught to, hey, I'm going to tackle everything on the way to the quarterback. I'll react to everything else. Um, and so just watching that defensive line dominate, if they come out like the Chiefs did against the Bengals, I think they sacked Burrow like, for the first early. three downs, right? Boom, 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 boom. If they get to Pat like that early, it could, it could be a long day. And I think they have a little bit better ability to do that just because of the depth of guys that they have. The other thing that's scary about the Eagles, because y- you never know how, like, if a team's going to be great this early in the run, right? But, I mean, you're talking about the guys they added, Zoe. You're able to trade for A.J. Brown. You're able to draft Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman. You get him at number 10 in the draft. I mean, they have the 10th pick in this upcoming draft, too, because <laughs> they've made trades. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, who knows how his career goes. Maybe he, because he is a little more mobile, maybe he ends up missing time in the future. But if he doesn't, like, this is potentially a scary team for a while. It's it's entirely possible we're looking back in two weeks and being like, okay, Mahomes is the best player on the field. The Chiefs are a really good team. But Philadelphia might just be a lot better, too. We don't know yet. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because of the division that they're in, right, the the, um, the East, you know, how, how you know how the cow- Cowboys always seem to kind of do what they do and kind of flutter, even though every year they got a lot of hype. But Washington mm-hmm. hasn't. In the playoffs, like you right. said, they were. <laughs> right, right. And Washington has been inconsistent. And then the Giants seem like they're going to trend the right way, but I'm still not, you know, uh, Daniel Jones not 100% all in on him and how that team continues to develop. If they can find a way where they're dominating that division, similar to how the Patriots did the AFC East for a long time and consistently find themselves in that number one seed, right? It used to be one or two where you can get that by. That also helps you to be able to be more uh, competitive once you get to the to the, to the Super, or Super Bowl, to the playoffs, and you become more of those teams as a perennial contender because you're constantly winning your division and giving your sh- shot, self a shot because you have these home playoff games. It's, you know, we, we talked about, I mean, Mahomes is just I mean, he's otherworldly in a lot of ways. But again, will will he be able to do the things that he's capable of? And without a full receiver core, he, he's able to overcome it certainly at times. And and having Travis Kelsey there, right? But but you know, and with the extra week, the these teams obviously are going to be able to prepare very well. Uh, oh yeah, for the, for the for the other team for sure. Andy Reid is going to have a a dominant first fifteen. Yeah. I, I, he always yeah. he always does when he has this much time. And I think even like his buy record right. Is, is, is extremely well. I don't know if he's ever lost, but it's probably like fifteen and two if off of buys, right? It's only one. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Just because he has yeah. time to think about it, really dial up a plan that's going to allow t- to accentuate his player strengths and really attack your weaknesses. So that first fifteen from that offense, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I think having this extra week to health wise. 
hopefully you can get some of these guys back and 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 you know it's the Super Bowl so you suck whatever you got up for you know the 60 minutes that you got to go out there and play at a high level and hopefully it doesn't like you know uh, you don't tweak it during the game but you can deal and manage with the pain that you may be feeling because of what's on the line yeah you got the whole offseason if you can get through that game yeah. it's got to be weird too for the Eagles defense to go you're facing Patrick Mahomes a week after you were facing literally not a quarterback <laughs> in the second half of the game I mean those are the extremes alright we come back the Cardinals have a lot of free agents this offseason who should be a priority we're going to ask the 15 year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander sticking around for the lowdown next it's Wolf and Luke Howard Balls are in for Wolf on Arizona Sports the local sports leader Arizona Sports Fifteen-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke, a guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Hi, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke. Howard Balzer in for Wolf today. Lorenzo Alexander is in for the lowdown. And we got into this a little bit earlier in the week, just kind of looking at free agency and getting a jump on that. ESPN put a list out their top 50 free agents to keep an eye on this uh, offseason. The Cardinals had two guys on the list. Uh, Zach Allen was 24. Byron Murphy was 38. Then you get uh, Pro Football Focus putting out a list, and, and I just I thought this was interesting, Zoe, because um, one of the guys we talked about when we were looking at the ESPN list was okay, where's Kelvin Beecham? Right. right. I mean, that's uh, the Cardinals have a lot of free agents. To me, and I think to everybody, the three that really stand out are, are Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, and Kelvin Beecham. Pro Football Focus put together a list, and they were looking. They didn't have Murphy even on the list. They had Beecham up there. I want to say he was like 38 or whatever. But um, either way, those those three guys, let's focus on them. And if there's another one, I'll, I'll throw out a couple names. But let's start there, Zoe. As, you, as you're rebuilding a team... You know, you got to be honest with yourself about which pieces you want to keep around and who you right. want to allocate money to. But those three guys in particular, I really feel like the Cardinals need to try and find a way to bring back all three if they can. Yeah, so I'll start with Beach. Uh, I think he's a, a necessary guy that you have to have. He's a glue guy. He's a leader. He's a um, a man of amongst men. I mean, so he's going to lead this new culture accountability that you're going to try to put together. Um, just being around him, knowing who he is and, and how he carries himself as a professional, being in the league as long as he has, where he started at, right? Those type of guys, you want kind of leading that charge as far as, hey, man, this is how I played, you know. I think he may be double digits now, double digits in the league. Yeah. And so, and how he relates to guys, obviously his relationship with Kyler, um, being able to make Maybe speak to him um, as this process goes. You want advocates like that. Um, Byron Murphy's next guy. I don't know him personally, but I like I like his game. This year he might have been a little banged up more so than usual, but I think he has the ability to play outside and inside. And in this league, you don't you can't give away guys that have the ability to cover. Um, and he's growing. And I know people oftentimes give up on young guys because they're not Pro Bowl or all play, pro players. But there's a lot of great players in this league that aren't that yet, right, that can help you win. And I think he has the ability to be a player of that elk. Just about consistency. We've we've seen it. We've seen him go out there and shut guys down just that week to week. And you learn um, and I, as I've seen him, it looks like he's learning the position more and more each year. He's developing. He's gotten better. Um, and, and the third guy is? Zach Allen. Zach, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, that's... You gotta bring I mean, Zach you, back. You, that's, that's a no-brainer non-starter. Yeah. He is 
that next big time playmaker on this defensive line, right? You know, he's learned from JJ for a couple of years. He is starting to assert himself like JJ as far as when you watch him play and make plays. And just the the student of the game, right? Younger player that you can keep around that's going to be viable and, and be a, a a staple of this whatever defense because um, he can play in either defense three four four three and 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 be productive. Do you think? Let's go start with Beecham. Do you think that in some ways, especially because of his age, that he has more value to the Cardinals than perhaps another team in terms of being in the open market and what teams will say, okay, yeah, he's a good player, but we'll get a tackle in the draft who's younger or get someone else. I don't know that he's going to command yeah. big dollars yeah, in the free agent Maybe market. not at this stage of his career, um, but he does play tackle and he plays yeah. right and left and those guys get tend to get paid. Now, he's not going to get paid, you know, Trent Williams money, but he'll get paid. And so that's what it comes down to. How much do they value what he brings from a leadership standpoint to what he does on the field, right? And those are two different things when you talk to GMs and they really mix the things together. They they normally pay you on your production and the added benefit is of, uh, is of who you are and they'll take that. And so that's going to be a real, I think, sticky situation for them. But as they're making this transition and bringing new guys in... They need to highly consider because you're like, oh, well, he wants too much money, but we really want him as a leader. But because he wants too much money, we're going to let him go. That tends to be with these type of guys, glue guys, tends to be a big mistake. And then it takes longer, unless you can find another beach him somewhere out there, it takes a little bit longer to get your culture and your accountability because you don't have a credible advocate that's in that locker room, right? It's one thing to be a coach or be a GM um, or to be a player development guy and you're talking about it. It's another thing to be a player that's preaching the same message in there that they see and they and young players want to be, right? I want to be in the league this long. I want to have this type of legacy when, when I leave the game. And when it comes out of his mouth versus a head coach, and I don't care who the head coach is, but it's coming out of a player's mouth, it's, it's, it's more well-received and you're hitting them with them more often in conversation, hanging out. They're watching you more, spending more time with you. And the goal is gradually you become more like that player as far as um, as being a professional. And, and the thing is, guys, with the work that has to be done on the offensive line, at center, at yeah. left guard. I mean, Will Hernandez is a free agent. I'm not going to say he's going to be a... They're all free agents except yeah. B.J. Humphreys. Well, really exactly. And, and, and the rookies. And so if, if you don't re-sign guys, then you've got even more holes to fill. So it'll be interesting to see the way now this new regime with led by Austin Fort is going to approach that. One thing on Murphy that is... I think why there maybe is a little bit of wondering where he fits in a free agent market is... I mean, he missed half the last half of the season with a back injury. Right. And we don't know the seriousness of that. I mean, we know how backs can be problematical mm-hmm. for players. Yeah. And so is it what, does he need surgery? Did he have surgery? We don't know. We don't know any of those answers. Right. And that could be a big part, obviously, of where, where when it comes to him in terms of any team being interested and the Cardinals being interested in re-signing him. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I... It'll be interesting to see how severe it is. Some of that stuff is just normally f- foundational work that you need to change up with your core work um, as long as it's not like something structural right. to what you're talking about, like this, bulging discs or something like that. It's just doing some Pilates, yoga, uh, different corrective exercises through the, the physical therapy um, that allows you to then be able to sustain. But it's hard to play 
in this league, especially when you got smaller guys that sometimes have to go into the box and, 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 and be physical. That's why you see a lot of DBs trying to, you know, turn things down. It's, I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard physical game. So hopefully it's nothing to the, the latter where it's bulging this, but it's more just like strengthening your core. So you can allow yourself to be efficient and, and healthy throughout the season. The other thing, too, when you when you look at Murphy and especially Zach Allen, I mean, people people get on the Cardinals for missing on draft picks, and they have. They've missed on plenty. But those are guys you didn't miss on, especially Zach Allen. And if you need a reminder of you want to keep your guys that you right. drafted that are developing, then just look at Hassan Reddick, right? I mean, you couldn't get a more blatant uh, reminder. But I want to go back to what you were saying about Beach, though, Zoe, because – you're in the spot now where you have a new GM and a new assistant GM, and if it's not Vance Joseph, a new head coach, maybe new coaching staff, mm-hmm. that stuff that Kelvin Beecham brings that Cliff Kingsbury knew about and probably Steve Kime knew about, these new guys might not. Like, who who has to make sure that message gets conveyed? Is that the players? They already know. You talking about as far as Beecham? Just as far as, like, because there's who new he guys is? in they, here. No, yeah. they already know. Okay. I mean, people like Beecham who've been in the league, it's like saying, and he doesn't have the same star name or, or recognition, Recognition, but within the NFL, you, saying Beecham is like saying JJ Watt, okay. right? So if you're in that circle, you've been in the league for little bit. Yep, way. you say you say Beecham. Oh man, that's a great tackle. That's a, a leader of men. He's a professional. You already know that because you scouted guys throughout the league and you talked to people since you've been out. So nobody will have to advocate for for Beach because he, he's already done that by who he's been his entire career in the NFL and what he's done and accomplished and in, in creating his longevity and legacy and the impact that he's created um, with the type of human being that he is. Usually this is where you have the conversation of like, okay, what kind of free agents should the Cardinals be targeting? But so everything's so up in the air right now. Like yeah. You don't even know who the yeah. coach is. You really can't even have that conversation yet. Yeah, it's going to be hard because, you know, um, I, me and Howard's kind of talking about this, right? You know, who, what, what type of defensive scheme are you going to run, right? Are you running a 4-3, a 3-4? Now, for me as a defender, I don't really care. It's, it's, it's similar. Everybody has a gap, right? We're going to run split safeties uh, or we may play man, whatever the, 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 um, um, the ideology of the defensive coordinator is. But what is different to free agency purposes are the type of bodies, right? A 3-4 outside linebacker is not like an outside linebacker in uh, a 4-3 system, right? You think um, 4-3, think about like Matt Milano, right, who is 6'1", 6'2", 230, 235 maybe on his best day. Um, when you think 3-4, is more of a glorified linebacker. So you think about more like a Von Miller, you know, that's 6-4, probably like 250, 260 because you're playing more on the edge. You want to be stronger. So, right, so just from that standpoint alone, you know, do I want to go out and get uh, a, a, a true a 4-3 outside linebacker or a 3-4 outside linebacker? Same thing on offense, right? Are we going to be a gap power scheme? So do I want my tackle to be 350 or are we a zone team? where it's more of a smaller line because they're, they're moving more lateral quickness, right? And so all those things type kind of matter, or no kind of, they matter as far as how you construct your team because you want guys that embody at least the vision, the, the initial vision of what your offensive and defensive quarter, uh, coordinator have in mind. And when you, when you look at this defense, whatever scheme they play, I mean, who are the pass rushers going forward? Whether it's a 3-4 yeah. Will Anderson. or a 4-3. What's that? Will yeah, Anderson. Will, Will yeah, Anderson. Well, that would be one. Yeah. Zach Allen. I think Cam, <laughs> um, Cameron Thomas is, is pretty good. Majay Sanders, um, I think, is pretty good. Those guys got to continue to develop who they are, right, um, as far as being a professional and a student of the games. But those guys, if they take a next step, they, they can be by committee that guy. I think everybody wants that one elite guy, which I think is important to have. 
have. But you can get stuff done by a committee by guys that aren't Micah Parsons or, uh, you know, Hassan Reddick, for example. He had 17 and a half this year. But look who he, who he had next to him. It was more of a committee, and he ended up getting a lot of eating. And your offense being good, too, right? That matters is pass rushing. Right. The games are tight. Are we playing from behind? I don't get a lot of opportunities right. to rush the passer. Yeah. So just as much as we want to elite pass rush, we got to make sure this offense is putting up some points so that I can have the opportunity to rush the passer. Can a guy like Sanders be effective if he's a 4-3 guy? As a pass off, rusher? Off the ball, I would have to see him more. Um... I, I, yeah, I don't know enough to make a judgment on him. I would have to see, you know, how, how he moves. I don't think has he ever done it because you can make the transition, but you got to have somebody really working with you because it, it's crazy how being on the line of scrimmage and then backing up five yards messes with your eyes, eyes, hands, the way you think and process, and then you can become a lesser player or you can thrive. But it, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, coaching and even better so, or even more so, I guess I should say, is having a a player that has done it as well who can kind of help you through that transition because it's a lot harder than what people may think and that's why when I hear y'all talking about Isaiah Simmons right yeah. you got to have a guy you can ask him to do all those things but you got to also have somebody that can apply some practical knowledge about how do you do it and not be overwhelmed right to make it less things he has to think about because a lot of those positions are are the same but you're you're more space so you may use a slightly different technique and your eyes may be different from play to play but you got to have somebody to communicate that to you versus saying hey go play safety hey go play outside backer hey play inside backer right and this is what you're supposed to do well how do i do it right yeah. you gotta you gotta be, have somebody that has that ability to coach that Zoe, great stuff as always man i always feel smarter talking about football with Zoe. thanks for coming in i appreciate you